0: Well the box season opened with Pitbull doing a concert at the racetrack in the Coliseum. He's a partner in team Trackhouse. And through turn 12 Daniel Suarez is a NASCAR Cup winner you got to love it when nice guys finish first. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, we're going to start by giving a quick recap of Sonoma. It's been a little while, right? We had off the last week, so we're going to go a couple weeks back to wine country to just check in how we did with Sonoma and that race in general, then we'll fast forward up a couple weeks to right now. We're going to take our collective breath and after the bye week, we're going to get into Nashville Super Speedway. We're going to break down the different data points that I'm looking at this week as I'm making my selections as we get into some of the track stats and things we want to look at and call out. Then we'll get into our picks, three picks to win, kind of spread across the different spectrum of the odds there. So I like having that. Finishing position bets, the the bet of the week, head-to-head matchups, the whole nine yards, everything we're used to. We're back this week after uh, an off week last week, everything we like to get into. And then to end it, we'll have some podcast news and notes, just housekeeping stuff, as well as a sports book review. We've done a few of them so far this year. We're going to continue that since I'm solo this week and we're going to take a look at MGM. Yeah, this is an interesting one because it falls into a little bit, you know, in between category for me. So we'll get into that as well. So happy to be back. And one reason for that is because I need to shake off this negative vibe that I've got going on because Sonoma... Was the start of a bad two-week stretch that I've been on. We'll, we'll get to all of it here, but I am ice cold. Starting with Sonoma, a dismal performance as far as the podcast picks were concerned. Uh, and then, in addition to that, every Wednesday I'm on the NASCAR betting preview show at Picks by Play. Excuse me, at Picks by Blaze. That's Derek's show every week with the the guys on there. And went 0 for 4 at Sonoma, so just not good overall. And part of that was the fact that Daniel Suarez was the winner at Sonoma. Kind of a a shock to some people. Saw some people on Twitter had that Moneyline pick. I did not. I've been saying that, you know, for Suarez, this is kind of a prove to me situation. And well, he went out and and did it. He proved me wrong. Um, Not necessarily a hater. I mean, it was great to see the, the reaction that he got at the track and on social media uh, after the fact. But as far as gambling on Suarez, especially to win the race, but, you know, for for top tens, top fives, head-to-heads, I just haven't been a believer in the 99. I needed to see something to kind of prove to me that he does have it, or at least close to it. And, you know, a road course winning went out and got the job done. So good to see that for them it hurt me on the, the outrights uh, at Sonoma. Trackhouse, two cars in the playoffs. Who would have predicted that? I mean, could you imagine if we could have bet on that preseason? Uh, just absolutely crazy. We went 0-3 for 3 in the head-to-head matchups at Sonoma that we called out on the podcast, so that's not great, including our bet of the week, because in my mind, if you remember two weeks back, I talked about how I liked having Chevy as one of the picks. We, we did call out chevy plus 100 and i said originally i had that slotted for the bet of the week the toolhangers.com bed of the week but then i switched it last second to kyle bush in a head-to-head matchup i believe and well i should have kept it at chevy the way we handled it because uh chevy did actually hit so we got that plus 100 bet so that was a positive and then the only other bright spot we had out of sonoma was something that i called out on wednesday in passing but i did throw money down on it myself Chris Busher to finish in the top 10 was plus 375 when I recorded the pod, and it ended up going down not even that much. Like He had a great practice performance, uh, great qualifying, and it was still like plus 175 on race day on Barstool. So we cashed in on that, and uh, that was the only really positive thing that we had coming out of Sonoma. Everything else just did not go my way in the head-to-head matchups and in the finishing position bets. Just did not work out. So I went 0 for 4 on the the betting show on Twitter. Then the trucks, I threw some bets out there at Sonoma uh, heading into that race as well on social media. Did not do well there either. Uh, Just (laughs) could not catch a break. Then in our off week, didn't have a podcast for Full Tank with Phil, obviously, for the the Cup Series bye week, but went on to the betting preview show just uh, to talk trucks and went 0 for 4 there as well like unbelievable. I was so excited, felt really confident in the trucks. And so I am just in the middle of an absolute rut, but we're going to bounce back. I can feel it. All right. I'm doing things differently this week, right? When I'm writing my notes down, I got two screens that I use on my computer. Usually I use a left screen this time using the right screen, you know, using a new pen this week, just trying to change the vibe up. So I'm feeling good. I think You know digging deep down we're gonna bounce back and get back into it here with nashville nothing is over until we decide it is was it over when the germans bomb pearl harbor hell no german forget it he's rolling i mean i've got to do well at nashville because i actually wear a hat i've never been to nashville super speedway but i bought a hat off of a site that sells like retro type uh, patches on hats And I've got the Nashville Motor Raceway hat that I've been wearing for like over a year and a half. So I feel like I have to do something here. If there's anything, maybe that's a good vibe that I'm getting here. It's Music City. So definitely listen to some good vibe music as this week is going, as I'm jotting down my stats. Just basically trying to change everything up. So I'm feeling pretty confident, you know, digging through these things here. And uh, we're going to a racetrack with not a lot of data. So what that means is that we're going to have to, you know, dig a little bit deeper. We talked a lot about these same types of stats when we went to Gateway that didn't have anything to show for it as far as historical information. So let's talk about what we're actually going to be using this week as far as comp tracks and the stats there and, you know, what we learned from last year. So let's talk about last year for one second. This is the part of the podcast where I usually dig into track stats. Well, there's only one race and it was in 2021 for the cup series. The winner did not start on the pole. Eric Amarola did start on the pole and he finished fourth. So something to note there. Kyle Larson was our winner of that race and he started fifth. So starting in the top five, top 10, one for one. So I would say that, you know, just by looking at that, you would think, well, you know, that does really matter. I'm a roll star on the pole, finishing top five, Larson starting top five, winning the race. And I think looking back at that race, there is a case to be made for, you know, finishing, or excuse me, starting position mattering quite a bit. But, you know, this is where I typically talk about winners starting outside the top 20. Obviously in one race, we don't have anything to show for it. But if we look at where people started and finished last year, nine drivers within the top 20, started outside of the top 20. Now, I can't remember the race specifically, but I think I do remember people getting on some different strategies. And I think that's why that really happened. So what I'm trying to call out there now, I'm not going to be taking any swings like this on the episode today. But what this tells me is that you could look through all the data you want, and you might not see anyone that stands out to you if it's like a super long shot. but. If you feel strongly about a certain driver and crew chief combination that might be willing to get off strategy or off cycle, uh, then they could be up there. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. strikes me as somebody like that. He finished in the top 10 last year at Nashville, among a few other guys that would have paid you know, big payouts. So right now, Ricky Stenhouse, you can get him at like plus 300. That's a pretty good penny right there if you were to cash that. So the point being, is that if you want to blindly take a shot and throw a dart at somebody, you might hit that. Now, that's not what we're about. We're trying to, you know, use some uh, data to try to guide us in certain directions. But, you know, if guys get off cycle, you're going to see some names up there that might not be on your stat list. Manufacturer Chevy won the race. But more than that, something that is worth noting, they had six of the top eight drivers. So, you know, that right there is something to consider through all of your bets, right? Not just your your outrights or your manufacturer prop bets or anything like that, but head to heads. You know, if you've got a Chevy versus somebody else, maybe that's worth considering. I, for one, am not taking any Chevys in my outrights and, you know, I'll kind of explain that as we go, but that doesn't mean I'm fading them whatsoever. It's just, you know, have to pick your poison, pick your spots in that sort of thing when it comes to the manufacturer. So it's one race. You know, it could be completely uh, irrelevant, but I think it's worth calling out that six of the top eight were Chevys, including the winner. And speaking of the winner, it was Kyle Larson, like we said, but that was a dominating race. Like 264 laps led of 300 laps went to Kyle Larson last year. I mean, that's just crazy good. Now, do you expect that? This is what's going to be fun about Nashville is whether it's Larson or somebody else, does the winner dominate again? Or does this new car play a factor and make it more competitive? That's something that I'm watching like outside of gambling, but just as a fan of the sport, what's going to happen there? Is it going to be a track that one guy, you know, fast off the truck, fast and qualifying can just go out and dominate like that? Or will it be a little bit more competitive than it was last year? There was 11 cautions last year. I think that's worth calling out. That seems relatively high to me uh so that could you know like we talked about earlier guys getting on different strategies that could promote that if there are some more cautions than normal so that's uh what we can gain from last year's race now as far as setting stats up and using a specific data set couple different things that i want to call out here so i'm using uh when i call out my driver rating average finish that whole thing i'm looking at six races Four of them happened this year at Phoenix, Richmond, Martinsville, and Gateway, and then two of them from last year, Nashville, obviously, and New Hampshire. These are all short, flat tracks. Now, Martinsville is a bit of a wild card. We're kind of throwing that in there, uh, but I decided to do that. Now, this year, we're also looking at iFantasy Racing's Green Flag Speed Metrics, and they leave out uh, Martinsville in that. So it's just Phoenix, Richmond and Gateway when we're talking about 2022 green flag speed metrics. So wanted to make that clear. So it's six races total, four from this year, two from last year when I'm looking at the full stats and then when I mention green flag speed, it's just those three from this year. They're leaving out Martinsville. And speaking of iFantasy Racing on the betting preview show, I know I've talked about it a lot so far, but we've got Ryan from iFantasy Racing on as a guest picker this week, so that'll be really cool to talk to someone who, you know, we all basically go to their site uh, to use that, so should be a, a fun conversation. looking forward to that, so if you don't get it at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night, you can always listen to the replay at Picks by Blaze. Very cool stuff. I'm really pumped for that and looking to rebound there as well. I lost my uh, overall lead, the head-to-head picks there, so looking to rebound. Larson is the favorite right now, and it's a heavy favorite. So plus 450. Now, the thing about these odds when they came out, I saw that and I'm not fading Larson, but what I saw was just such a heavy favorite because the next best guy is 750. That's a big gap. And Larson hasn't really proven this year, like based on past Performance from last year, right? I think that's what the books are looking at to give him such a high number, plus 450 compared to the second best guy. That is clearly looking at how he dominated this race last year. And I think you could say in previous races this year, where the books were looking at 2021 data at that track, things didn't really work out that way, right? Larson hasn't backed up a performance as far as I can remember, in 2022 at a track that he dominated in 2021. So for that reason, I'm going to avoid the favorite in this outright section, not hating on him throughout the the whole you know, gambit, no matter what bet you're looking at head to head or finishing position or whatever. I'm not saying don't take Larson. I'm just saying that's why you won't hear me talking about him in the outright section. I think there are better odds for guys elsewhere as we're going to talk about. So Let's start with the first pick for the head-to-heads. Like I said, kind of a Goldilocks situation, right? I've got one shorter odds. He's the plus 750 guy or one of the guys going off the plus 750. Then I've got one that's like way out there. And this guy that we're going to start with is my Goldilocks. He's right in the middle. And it's Ryan Blaney plus 1,200. This is my favorite bet, the one that I'm calling out first here because it stands out to me as perfect from the statistical side and from the odds that we're getting here. Plus 1200 is a monster number for someone. When you are looking at this information that I have in front of me, I'm not sure why he's such a long shot, but I love it. I'm trying to take advantage of it here. In his last six races, these comp tracks, he's got four top fives, five top tens. His average finish is fifth compared to everyone 10.2, but his driver rating shocked me. It's first out of those six tracks. 104.4. 104.4. That is very, very crazy. And the only race outside of the top 10 out of these six tracks was Nashville. He got into a wreck and was out of it pretty early. So we didn't really get to see him perform at this racetrack uh, as much as you know we really would have liked to. So maybe the books are kind of relying a little bit too much on Nashville last year and not really looking at the bigger picture. In 2022, his green flag speed, remember, Gateway, Phoenix, and Richmond. He's first. Does that shock anyone? It kind of surprises me a little bit, but again, makes me say, wow, let me take advantage of this here. He's got three fourth place finishes this year on short flat tracks. So I am very excited here. He's plus 150 for a top five. Give me that all day and night. He's tied for the most top fives in these six races Uh, with a couple other guys, with four of them, and he's got by far the best odds to finish in the top five. So plus 150, give me that. I like it. He's plus 900 to win a poll this week. In these six races that we're talking about, he's won two of the six polls. So 33% of the time, I mean, he's a factor. I don't understand the odds, so I'm trying to hop on it. So the odds are really what's driving me to it. And then when you look at the stats, it just hits it out of the park. So Ryan Blaney, plus 1,200 in that 12 car, lock me in. He's my Goldilocks this week. The next guy I'm going to talk about, he's more of the shorter odds pick here, and it's Kyle Busch, plus 750. So he's the second favorite on the board. He's better value than Larson. Larson. So, you know, if you wanted one of the top guys, but you also wanted someone that's going to give you some better odds, Kyle Busch is the better Kyle in that scenario. Now, if Larson goes out and does what he did last year, you know, you're kind of eating crow a little bit there. But I, just looking at it right now, I would prefer the plus 750 number compared to plus 450. That's just me. In these six races, he has one top five, four top tens, five top 15 finishes. His average finish is tied for ninth overall. It's 12.2. Driver rating is 10th, 93.0. So those stats right there are not crazy good. They're decent, you know, run of the mill, I guess, for people that you're looking at maybe in like head-to-head matchups, but he's in the game. That's what we're looking at here. He finished 11th, at Nashville last year and he led 10 laps doing it. There weren't too many people that led laps other than Kyle Larson. So to lead 10 of them, uh, that's a pretty big deal. And in the comp tracks, those six races, his average positions gained in the last 10% of the race is 3.0. That is second out of everyone in that category, but he has by far the best average finish. So that's an important thing I think that's worth calling out. We're talking about racetracks that aren't Particularly easy to pass at. So in the last 10% of the race, when it counts, you see Kyle Bush up there passing people in that time frame. That's impressive to me. I think that's worth noting. Even though we're digging a little too deep in the weeds here with that stat, um, kind of plucking that and using it as our you know talking point to our advantage here, I th- still think it's worth it. Now, if you look at the green flag speed in 2022, you know who's second place? It's Kyle Bush. So give me that all day. He finished second at Gateway, and that was a race that he very easily could have won. So he got beat, you know, in that overtime, but Kyle Busch, I think, was the best car. So Kyle Busch, a lot of momentum here. He's really starting to turn the season around, plus 750. Let's go out and get it done. Uh, he's my more of my favorite pick uh, as far as the odds are concerned, the shorter odds pick. Now, I'm going to throw a name out there that's going to probably turn some people off but it's the value. All right. The value that has my attention here. So I'm going with the long shot plus 2500 and it's Kevin Harvick. Totally wild shot. I get it, right? If you're fast forward in this part of the podcast, sure. I'm not going to be offended by that. If you're not a believer in Kevin Harvick right now, totally get it, you know? It just really doesn't seem on paper like that. I would say that NASCAR fans and gamblers would probably say, like, he just doesn't have it right now. It's not a good pick. Well, then you dive into the stats. So you have that plus 2,500 value, and then you're looking at the stats. In his last six races, two top fives, four top tens, average finish is sixth, 11.0. His driver rating is third. Crazy number there, 99.2. And we're not talking about like the Kevin Harvick of last year or the year before. We're talking about Four races in 2022 and a couple races last year. So that gets your attention as far as, you know, wow, okay. We're talking about a super long shot who's really in the game when it comes to stats. His green flag speed in 2022 is fourth. Absolutely awesome number to have on a guy at this value. He was fourth fastest at Phoenix, he was first fastest at Richmond. So those were a little bit further back, but still something you can hang your hat on. Now, this same type of hype is something that I probably spoke on when we were going to Gateway because, you know, we didn't have Gateway as part of our measurement stick here. And he just totally let me down at Gateway. So there is something to be said there, right? That's probably what's leading to this crazy value that we're getting here. He just did not perform at Gateway. So you're going to have to take that and do what you want with it. He finished sixth at Phoenix. I think that's pretty impressive. And second at Richmond. He was fifth at Nashville last year. To finish in the top five, he's plus 300. Maybe that whets your whistle a little bit better there. But for anyone out there who's saying, well, Kevin Harvick, he just doesn't have it anymore. He's on his way out, blah, 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 blah. Three of the last five races this year, he finished top five. And five of the last seven, he finished top 10. So he's plus 100 to finish top 10 at Barstool right now. I like all of those numbers, right? Plus 2,500 to win, plus 300 top five, plus 100 top 10. You can get those numbers on him right now. I would take them. So I hate to be a a Kevin Harvick fanboy in a year where he really hasn't pulled through for anyone, but this is going to be my week to do that. So lock me in as my super long shot, plus 2,500 for the four car. So it's him, Kyle Busch, plus 750 and then Ryan Blaney plus 1,200 for my Outright Picks at Nashville. If it isn't my himself. Shake it back, buddy. Shake it before you break it. Here I come. Slingshot engaged. So next up, we're going to get into the finishing position bets here and a, a manufacturer prop bet. And to start, I just wanted to talk about a couple that we already talked about during the Outright section. We talked about Blaney, top five plus 150. Seems like a pretty good bet there, decent value. And then you just heard us talk about Harvick all across the board, 300 for a top five, 100 on Barstool for a top 10. Um, just to, to recap some of the finishing position bets that I had mentioned earlier. So let's get into it. And we're going to start with one that most of the NASCAR gambling world, I would assume would be all over this week, whether it's DFS or Sportsbook Gambling, it's Eric Almarola. He is plus 150 to finish in the top 10. That's on Barstool, and they are typically better in the top 10 values there. And Almirola, it seems like these are his style tracks. So it doesn't matter what podcast you're listening to, what talking head on the, the TV or the race itself You're going to hear Eric Eric Amarola's name this weekend said a little bit better than me just now. Eric Almarola, he comes to play at these types of tracks. There's just no getting around it. So when you're doing the stats and I'm jotting them down, his name just keeps piling up and it stands out to you. So then when you're looking at the sports books and you're seeing good value on him all across the board, it's impossible to resist. Even though he's more of a buzzword name and a lot of people are on him. I don't care. As long as I'm making money, so be it, you know what I mean? So I'm going to make this the bet of the week. He's plus 150 on Barstool, lock me in for the bet of the week. That's our toolhangers.com bet of the week. They sponsor this segment. And if the first time you're hearing this or the 10th time you're hearing this, it's worth getting into again, because what they are doing over there at toolhangers.com is so cool. You can go to toolhangers.com slash fulltank, see my full breakdown. They they have the stats there, the receipts, of how I've been doing with these bets, what they were, and there's also a little piggy bank on there. There's about $34 in there right now, and at the end of the regular season, after Daytona, we're going to raffle off that amount of money out into a gift card for anyone who registers. I'm actually going to tweet out that link later this week to you know get some people registered there to give away a gift card. And just to get into what they do over there at Tool Hangers, they specialize in custom tool hangers for storing, organizing, and displaying on pegboard tool walls from circular saws to drills, batteries, cords, garden tools, hand tools, and more. They have what you need to get your garage, tool bench, whatever it is, a little bit more organized. And uh, we're hoping to Make you know somebody pretty happy after Daytona to get themselves started with that organizing. So this is just another reason to cheer for Eric Amarola this week because we get some more money in that gift card piggy bank. Now looking at these six races, Eric Amarola has one top five, four top tens. Only eight guys, if are looking at these six races, this data set of six races, there are only eight drivers that have four or more top ten finishes. And he has by far the best odds to finish in the top 10 as far as the gambler's concerned, plus 150. So that to me right there, that's like the perfect layover, the combination of what we're looking for there. His average finish is third in those six races, 8.5. Driver rating is fifth, 99.5. Like I said, he kept jumping off the page to me. Now you may be saying to yourself, well, he won New Hampshire last year. So that's probably skewing the data a little bit. Not so fast. Not so fast, because if you take away that win and just divide by five, as far as his average finish is concerned, it only drops from 8.5 to 10.0, and that makes him fourth in average finish instead of third. So he's good at these short flag tracks. There's nothing you can say about it. He finished 12th in one of the races that's in this data set, Uh, so he just missed the top 10 there. I really like this pick for Eric Amarola. That value is just fantastic. I can't imagine that's going to be there throughout the week. So if you're listening to this earlier in the week before practice qualifying, I would jump on it. Uh, If he does well, like we expect him to do, I can't imagine that's going to stick around. But I also can't expect that to change so drastically to where you wouldn't want to take him, right? I can't imagine he's going to go from like plus 150 to like minus 175. So he's going to be a pick no matter what time of the week you're getting him. It's just what value will you get him at? Lock it in, the better the week. Now, the next guy up that I have here is a guy who's minus money, minus 118. So you're giving up a little bit of juice there, but I think it's a good combo for stats and his current form. We're talking about Christopher Bell. So let's start by talking about his last six races at the comp tracks, one top five, four top 10 finishes. So four of six, not too shabby. His average finish in that time span is eighth, 12.0. Driver rating is ninth, 94.0. All what we're looking for, right? We're not asking Christopher Bell to go out and win the damn race. We just need him to finish top 10. So not too bad when you're looking at it there. He finished ninth at Nashville last year. So that's a feather in the cap. So those are all things that are proving like these short flat tracks are definitely something that he can get it done. I think before this year, I think a lot of people really are high on him at places like Richmond, Phoenix, you know, heading into these things. Now we've got a couple more tracks on the circuit like Nashville and like Gateway. So he's kind of learning there. But what those stats that we just let out there are proving is that, okay, he checks the box there. He has the ability to go out and get it done. Now let's look at 2022 because I said like his current form is pretty damn good. And if we're looking back, He had a five-race top-ten streak snapped at Sonoma. So Sonoma being a road course, I'm willing to kind of look the other way on that. And he's got eight of his last 11 races where he finished in the top 10. So that's just, you know, something that I'm loving. If I'm a Christopher Bell better this week, hey, he's not out to lunch like some of these other guys. He's not fading as the season's getting into these hot months. No, Christopher Bell... He's slowly starting to come into his own a little bit here as a young driver and that, you know, tough car, that 20 car is a bit tough to drive, I would say, but you know, that's getting into a different conversation. In green flag speed, he's actually getting faster as the season's going on at these comp tracks. So, starting at Phoenix, then going to Richmond and, and then Gateway, he was fastest at Gateway. He had the 7th best speed at that track. So, he's getting better as the season goes along. All those things are things that I look for when I'm looking to bet on someone, especially something like this, where just need him to finish in the top 10. So lock me in, Christopher Bell, minus 118, giving up some juice, but I don't care. He is going to get it done. The last bet that I have is a manufacturer bet, and it's probably one that you're not going to be guessing. I'm looking at Barstool's odds right now. They're the best that I can see here, plus 325 for Ford. Yeah, I know. I know I'm a bit crazy this week. I say, I said to start the episode that I'm cold, but this is a bet that I wouldn't consider, you know, if I were to miss this bet, I wouldn't consider this uh, to add to the iciness of my picks because this is more of a longer shot. I'm fine with it. Last six races that we care about here, three of the winners were Ford winners. That's 50% Eric Amarola, Joey Logano, and Chase Briscoe couple of those names are names that you wouldn't really expect to go get it done briscoe and Almarola. so you have Logana. we didn't talk about him yet but he's someone that has his name all over the stat sheet here talked about blaney how i like him to win the race we talked about harvick how we like him to win the race so ford is not completely dead in the water like the odds would say chevy is the heavy favorite they're like minus 110 to win the race which i get like I said, I'm not fading Chevy drivers. It's just, if you want to make this bet, right. If you're someone who likes to bet manufacturers every week, because you like to have a just larger set of cars, I think that it would behoove you to go for a little bit longer shot 325. And if it misses, who cares? You know, you have money maybe on some other guys, maybe some Chevy guys, uh, in different forms. So all I'm saying is in the six races we care about and you know, you could argue that Martinsville doesn't even count. Well, Martinsville was won by Chevy this year. So in these six races, Ford has the most wins. Three, Chevy has two, Toyota has one. And yet they are the heavy, heavy underdog plus 325. So I'm, I'm fine with it. I like what the odds are, are giving me here. So I'm going to try to take advantage of it. And like I said, if it misses, it misses. I'm not going to be too bent out of shape about it. So we have Ford plus 325, Christopher Bell, which I love. If this misses, I will be bent out of shape. Minus 118. And then Eric Amarola, the flat track guy, plus 150 as our toolhangers.com bed of the week. Jimmy Dugan? Yeah. Can you send my baseball? Sure. Yeah. Wow. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Wow. That's good advice. So now let's get into some head-to-head matchup action here. And, you know, this used to be my bread and butter. Got a rebound here, and I've got uh, different sets of odds throughout these uh, three matchups. And we're going to start with even odds. It's Chase Elliott versus Ross Chastain minus 115 apiece. And this is a cool matchup because they are the top two drivers in the standings right now, which is you know a fun matchup to bet on when you're looking at that. Chase Elliott. We'll start with him. He surprises me because when you're looking at the stats that, you know, I've put together here with these six comp tracks, his name is nowhere to be found. And then you dig a little bit deeper. He's got one top 10, three top 15 finishes at these six tracks. His average finish is 18.8. That is shocking to me because we're talking about a guy who's, you know, a perennial favorite to win the championship. Like he's like plus 550 still right now to win the championship. So we're looking at these flat tracks where Phoenix is one of them. You know, he really hasn't. Perform that well, I guess, as a whole. Green flag speed. Remember, Phoenix, Richmond, and Gateway, he's sixth of everyone in those green flag speed tracks. So that really makes you say, okay, well, you know, he's still fast there. But of his top 10 finishes this year, of which he's had 10, none of them came at those tracks. So that is really strange to see because we just said of the green flag speeds, you know, he ranks sixth, but he's not getting the finishes that he may or may not deserve at those tracks. So, you know, makes you a little bit queasy looking at Chase. Now, until Sonoma, where, you know, road course, you expect him to perform pretty well, not as well as, you know, in my eyes he should have done, but he did finish top 10. He had three straight finishes outside of the top 20. So, you know, it's not like he's coming into this. You know, he, he was desperate for that bye week. I guess let's just say that. And Nashville, he, you know, I think he finished dead last. So not that that matters. You know, in the full scale of things, but he didn't really get a lot of time to ride around on this new track. Then you go and look at Ross Chastain. He finished second at Nashville last year. Complete opposite of Chase, and he last year shocked the world with that finish, right? Because he was not a name that we were really used to seeing. It was the Larson Show, but the broadcast, because Larson was out by like four seconds or five seconds or so, they were showing Ross a little bit more because he was the, the shock at that time. And, you know, looking back on it, that was really the start of his success. And, you know, now it kind of is just like, yeah, you know, Ross, of course you finished second. But when that happened, that was a big deal for them in that 42 car. Now, in his last six races on these flat, short tracks, his average finish is second compared to everyone, 7.3. He's got three top fives, five top tens. That's tied for most out of everyone for top tens. And he's six for six with top 20 finishes. So eighth in green flag speed. So we're comparing that to Chase, who was sixth. Even Chase's like one positive note is completely rebuttaled by Chastain with the 2022 green flag speed. He's only two spots back and not by very much. And when you're looking at those tracks for the green flag speed stat, he's got two top 10 finishes to show for it. Completely different than Chase. So for all of those reasons, I'm going to go with Ross Chastain. If it couldn't tell from the tone of my voice, that's where we're going with this one. He's minus 115, lock me in over Chase. And, you know, kind of forcing Chase to do something here. Whereas Ross, he can just continue to keep up that same type of momentum, and I think he should win this head-to-head matchup. This next matchup that I have for you is a minus 120 versus a plus 100. So it's Tyler Reddick as a favorite over Alex Bowman, who's plus 100. Now, I came in thinking to this matchup, I was going to go with Tyler Reddick but the stats actually changed my mind. So let's start with Redick because he's seventh in green flag speed this year in 2022, but that's really kind of like what we were saying about Chase a second ago. That's really it, as far as things you can really hang your hat on as a reason to bet on this guy. And I need reasons to be able to throw my money behind him. I'm in a cold streak. I need to bounce back out of it. He's got one top five, one top 10, three top 15 finishes. In these six comp tracks, his average finish 13th out of everyone. It's 13.3 and his driver rating is 12th, which the driver rating stat, he does beat Bowman in where he is 14th. But other than the fact that he finished third at Phoenix, he really doesn't have much else to kind of point to, to say, Hey, take me at minus 120, right? Because he's been up and down as I'm about to call out in a second here lately. So we'll go to Alex Bowman and then we'll get to that point. He's 10th in green flag speed this year. He's tied for 10th. In the last six comp track races, he's seventh in average finish. He's got two top tens and he's six for six for top 15 finishes. He had an eighth place finish at Richmond. And speaking of top 15 finishes, second half of the season, right? So this is what I was talking about, Reddick being up and down. So there's been 16 races so far this year. So for just looking at these most recent eight races, Alex Bowman has six top 15 finishes in those eight races. Redick only has three. And, you know, that's just not something that I'm really interested in, like betting on somebody like that. I'm not a fan of that. But Redick, looking at him even further, he's got four finishes that were outside of the top 30. That is crazy to me. So he's really a boom or bust type of guy. If he is in the top 10, he's usually pretty close to the front. But it's just such a wide spectrum, this half of the season, this most recent half, these eight races, that he makes it a little bit too wonky for me to bet on. And especially when you're getting plus 100 for Alex Bowman, give me the guy who's more consistent. I understand like we're all waiting for Reddick to break out. I'm one of those guys. I've got future bets on him. But... In this head-to-head matchup, for what we're seeing lately, plus 100 Alex Bowman to me is something that I'm interested in. So lock me in there, plus 100 for Bowman. Now, the last matchup I have for you is Joey Logano minus 120 versus Martin Truex Jr. plus 100. And I was talking about Joey Logano earlier and, you know, when we're talking about the Fords that could possibly get it done, and I'm taking him here as well. Because when you're looking at the statistics, he's got it. I mean, he's got that. He's got the momentum. And knowing that Truex has just burned me so many times this year, it just has not stepped up to get it done, is really what's leading me to go with Joey Logano in this matchup. Now, when we're looking at green flag speed in 2022, excuse me, it's close. Third to fifth, Logano has the advantage over Truex there. And Truex had a fourth at Richmond, a sixth at Gateway. So that's all good stuff, right? It would say, yeah, Truex is somebody that's worth you know taking in these matchups. But Joey won Gateway, obviously, finished eighth at Phoenix, second at Martinsville, which is kind of thrown in here and there. It's not part of the green flag speed metric, but still, we care about it in the last six races. And speaking of those six races, Joey has one win, three top fives, five top tens. He has as many top five finishes as Truex has top 20 in those last six races. Joey's average finish is 7.0. That is first compared to everyone. His driver rating is second. Truex, you know, he just doesn't even crack the top 10 in either one of those categories. He needs to prove something. Kind of like what we're saying for a while about Daniel Suarez. I'm sick of looking at statistics week in and week out. Maybe not necessarily this week, like I said, but we have seen racetracks where, yes, this is Truex's spot. He's got the data. He's got everything going for him, and he just has not performed. So all this talk about retirement, I don't know what's going on in his personal life, it scares me. So I'm going to go with the guy who's jumping off the page to me and has that momentum. So give me Joey Logano, minus 120 in that matchup. So to recap, it's Joey over Truex, minus 120. We're going the underdog, Alex Bowman, plus 100 over Tyler Reddick. And then, Ross Chastain over the points leader, Chase Elliott, minus 115 in that even matchup. Lock me in to all three of those. Let's rebound this week, baby. Let's go. So, we're going to finish it off this week with a Phil's Fired Up section And we're going to get into another sports book review here in just a second, but wanted to give some news and notes around the the podcast in general. So wanted to talk about our schedule for this uh, stretch of summertime races and some guest action that we have coming up. So for starters, I've got a little bit of a home and home going on with Chris from the flag hunting pod. So um, hopefully... If you're a listener of this show, you also enjoy the flag hunting podcast as well. I will be on with them next week talking Road America, and then I'll be putting out this podcast um, solo next week. And then for Atlanta, Chris will be joining me. So we'll have, a, like I said, a home and home with uh, with Chris. Should be very fun to get uh, both podcasts going there in the next couple weeks. So I'm excited about that. Um, then... For the New Hampshire episode, I'll be taking a look back at the halfway mark and how our season win total bets are doing and um, just trying to recap, see you know what we think for the, the rest of the year, how those starting to look. For Pocono, I've got a new guest, first time that he would be on, our guy Rye Cape. He's on Twitter, very active on Twitter. He's got a a show on Fridays that he does as well. We'll let him break that down for us. But he will be joining us as a local guy. He's in the same area as me in the Philadelphia region. So we'll be uh, talking Pocono. It's kind of our home track there. And then after that, anyone that listens to the betting preview show um, that I keep mentioning... Well, you'll definitely know Rory, uh, at Rory Picks. He's going to be joining me, trying to figure out a good time to get him on uh, finally, and we're looking at either the Michigan or Richmond episode there. So very exciting stuff, and in between that, all of that, uh, we've got the Indy Road Course, and I'll be on vacation that weekend. So I'm either going to do a road game, or we'll have something special planned for you. So a lot going on this summer, but uh, really looking forward to talking to all these guys, and i um, trying to find some more people to to get on. So if you have any guest suggestions for me, I've got some people written down that I'm trying to reach out to, but always open to hear from anybody out there who has anything for me. So good stuff Plan. I'm looking forward to it. Get some more full tank face-offs in the book and just try to keep having fun because that's what we're really all about here. So. Now let's get to another sports book review. So we've taken a look at FanDuel in the past. We've taken a look at Barstool in the past. Um, Now I'm gonna be taking a look at another sports book that I use, which is MGM. MGM is a fun topic because there's a lot of good and a lot of bad. Um, So it's like kind of right in the middle. I'm not sure how many people out there are using MGM, because when I see people posting their picks and talking about the the units that they're putting in and and where they're getting the odds, I don't see too many people throwing MGM out there. That might be because, you know, the odds just aren't the, the greatest or because they're not using it specifically. So let's get into it, and I want to start by saying that MGM used to, if not still, had a relationship with NASCAR, which you would think would be like such a big deal, right? Now, I don't know if that relationship still exists, but I know last year's Daytona 500, NASCAR was promoting the hell out of MGM and uh, vice versa. So that was, you know, pretty big, I thought, from a business standpoint, because NASCAR, you know, we've been saying for a while now, they need to get into this world, right? They need to dip their toe in, start taking advantage of this. And I saw that email go out and, and all of that information that they kept pumping out there to everyone about signing up for MGM and getting the promotional bets as NASCAR's like first step into it. Um, MGM surprised me in that sense because at that time, the year before that, Barstool was really heavy on NASCAR. They developed a relationship with NASCAR. Dave Portnoy was going to the races. They had a lot of stuff themselves. And it kind of seemed like Barstool, who didn't have a sports book at that time yet, was developing that relationship. So when they came out with the news that they were going to have their own sports book, it seemed like a no brainer. That contract with Barstool or that relationship maybe ran out. Uh, I know that they're still there. They still go to the the races and they still promote it in some way. But as far as the sports book standpoint goes, somehow, some way, MGM stepped in and kind of took over that role somehow. And so they still may run promotions. I haven't seen it, maybe because I signed up for MGM already. But NASCAR, uh, at one point last year, was sending out promotions. If you were to sign up, you know, you get this discount on... On this race, it was the Daytona 500, and then it was just a general promo um, throughout the season. So that was a check in the positive column, because to me, when NASCAR is ready to take that next step, it's going to be whoever they have that relationship with, like that's who's going along for this ride. So I want to be a part of MGM as far as a user uh, for when that starts to pick up steam. It hasn't really yet, but... Looking at it as far as the user interface is concerned, I actually think that MGM has the cleanest user interface out of all of the sports books I use, which is DraftKings, FanDuel, Barstool, and MGM. There's four. I used to use Sugarhouse. House. I don't use them anymore. So, out of those four that I use on a regular basis, I like this look. You know, it's not that like darker look that. Uh, DraftKings has, and FanDuel and Barstool have that like lighter look. This is a good happy medium. It's a mix of both, and everything's so crisp, clean cut. It's easy to find things, which I think is sort of tough to do at other sports books in the app. Um, it it doesn't take me long to get to the NASCAR section, whereas even you know my most favorite, which is DraftKings, if you haven't figured that out by now, we'll do them later down the road. Uh, even DraftKings is tough to get to the NASCAR section here and there. So for starters, I mean, it has the NASCAR logo across the top. So if you're on the home screen and you scroll, you're looking for the different uh, sporting sections. They've got the, the league logos across the top. So NFL, PGA Tour, NBA. I mean, NASCAR is sitting right there. So that's nice and easy to find. Uh, it's a bright logo. Really the only one with color. But even if they weren't across the top, you could go to all sports. And one thing that I like about MGM, which is different, I think, than most, they have it so bright that they've got a promotion on certain sports. So every now and then they will have a promo for existing customers with NASCAR, and it says it right then and there. So usually it's for a crown jewel race. Um, It hasn't been for a little while. But. It they do have a promotion, you'll know about it because you'll you'll click into it. Right now, there's a promotion for hockey on MGM because of the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, so you know it says it right then and there. So if you click into NASCAR. One of the things that I like about another checkbox in the right column here is the fact that they've got the Cup Series race. The the newest one is right at the top of the screen, whereas other sites like Barstool, uh, they'll mix and match. It'll be an Xfinity race or a Truck Series race. And if there's a lot of guys, I've fallen victim to this on Barstool, if there's a lot of Cup drivers in the truck race, for example... Without thinking, I'll, you know, see uh, a bet and just throw it in. Maybe I've had a few too many to drink, but it it tricks you up a little bit. With MGM, I usually find that the Cup Series race is at the top, and that's the case right now as I'm looking at it. And if you scroll down, you know, you'll get the championship odds, and then we see the Xfinity race and the Xfinity odds, and then at the bottom, it's the Truck Series race. So, it really is structured a lot like the NASCAR hierarchy, which I find interesting. Now, when you... Dip in further to the Cup Series race, we see they've got, you know, a bunch of the same style of bets. We've got the outright bets. We've got top three, top five. One extra thing that MGM has, I don't know if this interests too many people, but they've got top two odds, which is very custom they don't have that in other places as far as i've seen maybe sports books that i don't use have that but i have not seen that on the other three that i mentioned earlier so i find that you know pretty interesting right if you see kyle larson at plus 210 and you're saying to yourself well he hasn't really uh won that many races but he's always in the mix it seems like he's he's up there hey maybe that gets your attention and you want to play something in on that the odds themselves right so then if you click in the positions Uh, section here for MGM, you can see top three, top five, top 10. The odds themselves are a little bit of a drawback. Uh, I mentioned maybe that's why, you know, you're not seeing too many people post the MGM odds because we mentioned on our Barstool Sportsbook review how their top 10 odds are so favorable for the gambler. That is not true on MGM. Um, Now, I know that DraftKings has Kyle Larson as the favorite to win the race at plus 450. MGM right now has him plus 500. So it's a mix and match situation, right? Kyle Busch, I'm getting him on DraftKings right now, plus at plus 750. On MGM, it's plus 700. So it does vary depending on what your situation is. Now, as a whole, as a blanket statement, I think it's safe to say that for top 10s, this is not the sportsbook that I would go to. Um, Kyle Larson is minus 750 to finish in the top. Ten—that's an absurd number. You're not getting anything near that um, on other sports books. So it's a you know give and take scenario, which I think is expected. Um, but you know you can find MGM offering some drivers a little bit better odds than others. So it's about you know finding that situation and, and taking advantage of it. Um, They also offer the feature matchup section. So most of the big name books are getting that featured matchup groups. You can't uh, parlay anything, but you definitely can't parlay featured matchups on any sports book. So with MGM, you can't parlay anything at all. So even if you go to their head to head section, you could, you know, ring up a bunch. They're not going to let you do that. That's a drawback. And that's one of the reasons why I love DraftKings the most, Um, but you know, Sometimes you'll see some different odds in the featured matchups. These are matchups that are the same across all sportsbooks that offer it. You'll see some different odds, uh, especially if you like the underdogs in those featured matchups. You'll see some really good odds for those guys because for whatever reason on MGM, the odds for the favorites seem to be like so out of control. Like, For example, right now, Tyler Reddick is minus 175 compared to Dylan, plus 135, that uh, if you were to like dylan in that matchup you're going to get a pretty good um, pretty good odd selection there whereas you know the favorite is just so astronomical that's typically what i see on mgm Um, which stinks because if you could parlay them then maybe those monster favorites aren't as bad to take Uh, so just a product suggestion out there for anyone at mgm you've got the typical Team manufacturer bets, you know, so right now Ford, we took them earlier in the podcast, they're plus 280 on MGM. Obviously, I wouldn't be using them to place that bet, but you can see the top car, top Chevy uh, from each manufacturer. So um, all that stuff, pretty typical across the board. It's just what odds are you getting there. Now, the one big kicker that I think puts MGM above Barstool, above FanDuel for sure, is they've got race parlays and they've got them... Just completely crazy, right? A few weeks ago, I, I might have mentioned this that I was on uh, one, and, and they select the parlays for you, so it's not customizable. But they'll tell you, okay, Kurt Busch to be the top Toyota, Ross Chastain to be the top Chevy, and you know, fill in the blank for the Fords. They'll give you odds on those guys, and some of those parlays are just crazy numbers. One of which. I took a couple of weeks ago I put a dollar down I would have won like 100 and you know $75 on a dollar and it almost hit like so that is very custom to MGM not a lot of these other sports books are offering this type of thing at this volume they've got a lot of them now the downside is that it's very inconsistent You know, the the timing of when the odds are released and when you see certain types of odds are very inconsistent. Like right now, this is a Wednesday. I'm not seeing that race parlay section. And I've also seen that some races don't offer it at all. So if we can get a little bit more consistency on that, it would really put MGM over the top. So all in all, I think you can tell I'm really digging MGM. I would give them maybe like an 8.1 in my, uh, you know, useless rating scale but it is definitely my uh, second go-to as far as the the look the feel the odds the types of bets that you're getting it's a solid sports book um as you would expect from a big name like that so that's the sports book review for mgm and if you agree disagree let me know let me know how you feel about it so that'll do it for another episode of the full tank with phil podcast thank you so much for listening i really appreciate it Go out. Let's get off the schneid, right? We're going to hit some of these bets and get back in the winner's circle this week at Nashville Super Speedway. I'm feeling it this week. So, remember, give me a follow on Instagram and Twitter, at Phil to chat with me, see what you think. Let me know what bets you like this weekend as well, because I'll ride with you. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time for the 4th of July Road America Race